Welcome to New Game Netcast, the official podcast of NewGameNetwork.com. Today on the show, we'll be talking about Uncharted 2 DLC, Modern Warfare 3 Content Collection Number 2, Bioshock Infinite Delay 2013, Alan Wake American Nightmare for PC, and over 35,000 levels being created with Portal 2 DLC. We'll also chat about the latest articles on the site, including reviews of Prototype 2, Sniper Elite Version 2, and The Walking Dead Episode 1. We'll check in with some news from around the industry, including a study that finds gamers promote cooperation instead of aggression, Call of Duty Black Ops 2 being announced. The Elder Scrolls Online, Company of Heroes 2. Topics this week include the EA Financials, Starhawk DLC maps being free, Assassin's Creed 3 using social media, and Diablo 3 releasing next week. As well, stay tuned for our question of the episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Negan Netcast for Sunday, May 13th. It is Mother's Day, and we're here with Peter. Bonjour. Evan. Hey, Mama. <laughs> Tim. Hello. And myself, Alex. And uh, it is Mother's Day. How are you guys doing? What are you doing for your mom today? I just got back from a uh, lovely Mother's Day brunch, and I had some uh, rather unpleasant French toast, but... I ate it anyways. <laughs> I manned up, just got it done. What was wrong with it? It was just covered in batter. It was kind of nasty. Like, it was the texture of a sponge, basically. <laughs> oh, that's the best kind of Yeah, someone wants to find it delicious, I'd say. <laughs> I'm afraid I went over simple. I'm just a card and a phone call from my mom. That's it. Uh, yeah, pretty much the same. I'm getting her a keyboard, because she loves them. Uh, card and go on Skype later. So romantic. All right, Alex. What? Well, what are you doing for your mom? Yeah. Um, I don't know yet. She's actually out with my sister. Aren't you a little late? Oh no! I mean, I I got you know a gift and whatnot, but uh. What's like the that. gift? Unless you're scared about spoilers. Oh, it's just some uh yeah spoilers because she totally listens to this. <laughs> really. Uh, I got her a necklace thing. Right. Nothing fancy, but you know. Yeah, you you don't know a spoiler, do you? What's that? I said you don't want a spoiler. Yeah, because you know if once once you go to a certain dollar limit every year, you're expected to stay or go higher. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's why I have kept my gifts steady and cheap at this rate. <laughs> But by the time I'm in my 50s, I'll be up into like $20 for my gifts. This is a great yeah. plan. Nice. Yeah. Alright, we should talk about some gaming stuff, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I suppose so. I'm sick. That's why I apologize for my voice and my lack of enthusiasm and radio charm that I always have, totally. No, I am sorry to hear that you're sick. Especially a man who cares so much about his mother that he would get her a necklace thingy. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. You deserve better. Exactly. Yeah. She should take me out for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Right. Top news stories from the site. Uh, All Uncharted 2 DLC will be released for free, or has been now. Uh, Modern Warfare 3 Content Collection Number 2 is out this month. Bioshock Infinite has been delayed to 2013. Alan Wake American Nightmare has been announced for PC. And players create over 35,000 levels with the Portal 2 free D- 
DLC that includes the level editor. The Uncharted 2 DLC. Is that all just for multiplayer? Uh, yeah, all Uncharted... Um, well, the franchise DLC has been focused on multiplayer, because obviously they don't want to mess up the story and whatnot, so... It's... Is there any active community still, or is it a ghost town? I don't know, because I haven't played it in a while. Is it, uh, is it any good, the multiplayer? I've never, it never appealed to me. Yeah, I think it's alright. It's pretty standard, and with Uncharted 3, they took it um, you know, even further with the perks and unlocks and all that stuff. So I don't imagine there's too many people playing Uncharted 2 by now. Because it did come out like three years ago, and yeah. Uncharted Three has released since. So, but still, I suppose it's a nice gesture. Um, but it might upset people that bought the DLC and or or bought the Game of the Year edition. Which uh, when did that come out? A while ago. Or? Yeah, a while ago. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, I mean, it's been long enough, hasn't it? Yeah, well, three years, and like you said, probably not many people playing it, but... Uh... I, I wish they brought out some non-canon, like, story stuff for it. I don't know why they were so hesitant, because they've still not done it with Uncharted 3. I, well, I... Honestly, I think that's good, because you want your story to be up and, and ready, and, like, you know, I know Mass Effect did some story DLC, and so, for me, like, I never bought that. Mm-hmm. So, Some of it was actually pretty good, although we're getting off topic now. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, but see, that's the point. I mean, I'm sure you got some interesting and good bits of the story that probably got referenced in Mass Effect 3, for example. Yeah, that's true. You know, so I'm kind of like, well, forget that, Bioware. You know, I, I expect to be able to get my game, at least story-wise, all the way through without having to pay extra. That's mm-hmm. why I think doing multiplayer-only DLC like Uncharted did is is the best way to go, really. Yeah, that makes sense. What is the Modern Warfare 3 uh, collection content thing? It's basically the second pack of all the maps and modes that uh, have released over the past while. Are they any good? I can't say I've played them. But it basically... uh, I mean, I think it offers a bit better value, these collections, because of their price and how much they include versus, you know, just having, like, three maps and that's it. Mm. I still remember the days of World at War when the maps would be released for free. So sad. That was, that was Treyarch, though, wasn't it? Or was it? Either? Yeah. Well, Modern Warfare, Warfare 1, they also released them for free for the PC via the extra maps. It's, it's just not as profitable anymore, is it? I guess not. I think that's the issue. But I guess, you or, know... Or they just realize people are going to pay for it anyway. Yeah, well, people obviously will, you know. So recoup the losses. Well, not even losses. Yeah. <laughs> what losses? I don't yeah. see <laughs> They're rolling in it. Uh, Bioshock Infinite 2K and Irrational Games decided to push it back out of the busy fall season to this 2013 was... February. This was okay. sad to hear. I mean, another delay for Bioshock Infinite, but... It just means they're getting it right, hopefully. Well, it's not really another delay, because the only time they actually fi- uh, announced an official release date was for October. So this is technically like the first delay. What is coming out in fall, then, that's made it so clogged? Oh, God. Well, it's the usual. I mean, there's Far Cry 3s, and another Call of Duties, and Medal of Honors, and... Um, even Hitman is squeezed in there now. 
Yes. Uh, for November, and I'm sure there's going to be another Need for Speed. Hopefully, you like first-person shooters. Yeah, you, cause you're getting them. Yeah. Like Is someone? Enough? Someone mentioned on the site that with this being pushed to 2013, 2013 is sounding like a big year in video gaming. That was Tim, and I'm yeah. wondering what you're referring to. Yeah, oh. I was wondering too. What do you mean? Mostly Company of Heroes 2, and also, actually, isn't Metro Last Light uh, it could coming still, out next year as well? It could, still, uh, it could still make it this year. I guess it's like the 2013 fiscal year or something. Yeah. Yep. This is Company of Heroes for me, then. It's making it a big year. You can just ignore me and why... Fanboy excitement. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alan Wake, American Nightmare, announced for PC, and this time PC players didn't have to wait for two years for the game to arrive on their platform, because I guess Remedy said, forget Microsoft, we'll just self-publish it through Steam and make just as much, if not more, money than they did on Xbox, which is good, I think. I'm looking forward to this. I haven't actually played Alan Wake, but I hear so much about it, and I keep well mainly because I, I do mainly PC games, uh, and so it's nice to see this come to PC and finally let me kind of fool around with it, see what it's like. Well, the, the actual like the first the actual full Alan Wake release has been out for that's uh, been on. I, I know that's been on PC, but I mean yeah. like it's nice to see more of the franchise moving over. Oh yeah, yeah. Is is Alan Wake the one with the Duracell batteries? Yes, it is. All right, it, that, that's that's why I remember it, and the forest, <laughs> and something, and the Stephen King. Wait, was wasn't in the narrative like people said it wasn't that great, or was it good? I couldn't remember. It was it was like you were on drugs the whole time, and um, I I reviewed the original on Xbox way back in the day, Xbox 360, mm-hmm. um, and to me it was just they they thought they were writing Stephen King, but they were just writing gibberish. It got pretty nonsensical near the end. I liked the first few episodes or whatever, but near the end it got a bit ridiculous. It just made... Like, they thought they were being, I don't know, over-the-top mysterious or super clever or whatever, but it just comes off as nonsense. (laughs) It's so hard to get that right. It's so hard to tell a story that you know, falls into chaos and, and and insanity and keeps you interested at the same time. Hey, Remedy pulled it off with Max Payne 1 and 2, but... No supernatural stuff in those games, though. Uh, no, but there's the dream sequences and such, which is That's kind true. of... They could have, you know, worked that in here, too, but that uh, didn't happen. And the crying baby and blood trails and... That's right. Weird-ass platforming on, like, bloodstains. Yeah. Oh, God. That's what said. we. That's what we need to see. We need to see the dream sequence become have a video game counterpart of like, oh yeah, you know, the game plays normally, except for that one level in the middle where your gun shoots flowers and <laughs> you know you're flying and everything, and that was a fun level to play. Saints Row Three did that. Which one? Uh, the third Saints Row game. They had a level like that where you're in, like this weird electronic world and you you turn into like a toilet. It was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And finally, players have created over 35,000 levels with the newly released Portal 2 DLC, which is free on granted, PC. Granted, 34,000 of those are just straight <laughs> make one portal to win, the, to win the puzzle levels. Are they? Actually, I did some digging around. It seems actually most of them are one room with... Uh, bouncy gel on all sides and they just <laughs> throw like a million turrets in there. <laughs> yeah, that's 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some clever ones there. But having said that, uh, some of them are excellent. Some of them, I was surprised how uh, uh, I was surprised how much control they're allowed over the levels. And some people had some pretty clever puzzles. I tried some of the higher rated puzzles. Uh, and they've opened up a whole world of creation now. It's sort of portal nonstop. Always a new puzzle for you. I always thought that uh, the portal to, the portal games would be conducive to some kind of uh, level editor just because of the way they work. It looks like they uh, brought that to fruition. They did a great job with it, yeah. Uh, and it's I was surprised at how simple the editor was. I I especially if you've played the portal, yeah. If you played portal, you know uh, they have you know the test chambers, but they also have there's a lot of different environments you know inside the test chambers themselves and in between chest test chambers. And when you're designing a test chamber, there's a lot to think about. Little things like the faith plates. How far do they throw you? You know how uh, you know how strong are they? Editor is so simple that you really can just pick it up and start fooling around with it, and make your room, and then load it and start playing it. It's great. I made my puzzle, but all you have to do is is get on a faith plate. I'm going to expand it and expand it and make it harder, but I'll post, <laughs> just watch. So so it was a triumph then. Oh, <laughs> huge it success. was huge success. Yes. All right. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad we can establish that. The only, the only downside being uh, games with, you know, it, because it's a puzzle game, games that focus on user creation usually don't. Boy, sorry, I'm stuttering. What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? I keep comparing it to Little Big Planet, where you know, which focused on user creation, and you liked it because everyone was so creative, and the emphasis was more on the creativity and how things looked. For a puzzle game like Portal, where the emphasis is going to be on how good is your puzzle. Um, I think uh, it probably won't catch on quite as much as as the other games. Well, because it takes more, I know, effort and planning. It, it, takes, it takes a lot of effort to make a good puzzle, but also there's not much creativity in the scenery or anything. You know, you're fair, you're fairly limited as far as what you can do, in you know, inside a test chamber. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, look at the Trackmania games, where it's similar to Portal 2, but instead of building a puzzle, you're building like a racetrack, and uh, that's been hugely successful. And e- even though it's, it, it takes a huge amount of time and effort to build a good track, there's still hundreds of people out there doing it. And I think Portal 2 is popular enough to have the same kind of uh, community builds build up uh, a lot of great puzzles. If, you may be right. If you build it, they will come and build their own. <laughs> or I guess if you give them the tools. The one yeah. thing I'm really I'd really be looking forward to is uh, whether Portal 2 will allow you to essentially I want to say add in your own story elements. I think some of your I think their editor allows some of that. Something along the lines of you can hook up several of your puzzles together and maybe put some kinds of uh, triggers or sound bites in. But I haven't looked into that deep enough. If they did do that though, that'd be excellent. As always, a bunch of articles went live on the site this week, including reviews of Cinemora, or I don't actually know how to pronounce that, but we'll just go with Cinemora. It's a 2D side-scrolling-ish shooter thing, uh, which scored 83. Uh, Prototype 2 review scored a 78. Awesome Knots scored 78 as well. Uh, Sniper Elite V2 scored a 68. And The Walking Dead Episode 1 was a 79. 
And um, I wrote two of those reviews, and Evan wrote one, so Evan gets to go first. <laughs> I would have said you, me, you. Okay, Walking. fine. All right, all right. I will talk about Prototype 2. Let's hear this. Prototype 2 is like Prototype 1, the end. Whoa. <laughs> no, it's, that was really uh, one of the biggest issues, I think, with the game. If uh, if you miss Prototype 1, then this was... Then maybe you should read the review of Prototype 1, because it's really more of the same. And it's, it's still a really fun action game. The destruction levels are... Well, okay, I shouldn't say destruction, because the environment isn't destructive, but... The combat and the bloodiness of it all is still as satisfying as it was, and they tweaked the combat a little bit so it it flows better and it's a little more fun to play. But overall, I think if uh, if you have Prototype One, Prototype Two really doesn't offer anything um, that's worth asking full price for. It focuses around essentially. The- someone who's been given superpowers, I want to say, right? It's things along the lines of super speed and super strength, right? Yep, that's right. Well, yeah, all that, plus you you know, you know, go and you unlock all kinds of combat abilities. And did they give many new... Are there many new abilities compared no, that's, to that's Prototype the thing. 1? No, that's the thing. It's pretty much the same, and that's kind of the strongest criticism for this, is that uh, if, if you have Prototype 1 there's really very few reasons to get the sequel. But if you don't have Prototype 1, then the sequel is, you know, all fun and good, like the original was. So that's it, it was kind of a tough call on that game. There you go, now it's your turn. <laughs> the Walking Dead, uh, Episode 1. I was a fan of the TV series, so I wanted to try this out when it came out. Uh, and as I mentioned in my review, the good thing that can be said about the Walking Dead game is that it is worthy of the TV series. <laughs> Which, uh, it doesn't sound like much, but you can tell they put in a lot of effort onto the drama. They put in a lot of effort onto the writing. I haven't looked this up yet, but I could swear they probably had some talent, specific talent crossover there. I'm wondering if they got some writers from the TV series to come over and work on these episodes. I need to double-check that. The biggest question, I guess, is if you know nothing about this show or the comics is this as a game any good to get you into the yeah, uh, world yes and no uh it the thing the big thing that holds back the game is that it's drama based gameplay um the focus of the game is the story and the characters and the, the drama it's not quite heavy rain but it's definitely taking a page out of that book there is some puzzling, but you will not like the puzzling in this episode. There is some action, but you will not like the action. Even then, that doesn't sound good, but uh, the drama and the dialogue uh, were so good uh, that it made the game it made the game worth it. I thought. So, given that I disliked the show for its drama oh. and dialogue, would that mean I'd also <laughs> dislike the game? I can't imagine that you would jump all over this game all that much. They had some nice innovations. The nice thing about the whole episode format, you can just get the one episode for, you know, five bucks or whatever uh, and just try it out. And they did have some nice innovations. Well, I guess innovations... 
might not be the right word, but the action and the dialogue went pretty seamlessly together. The okay. game starts off great for something that gave you that gives you a taste that I just liked. The game starts off with you in a police car chatting with uh, you sitting in the back, your character chatting with the policeman in front of you, um, essentially about your crime, and you. You have several dialogue options at each, you know, part of the dialogue. One of which is that you can remain silent, so you can just, you know, say nothing during the ride if you like. But as you're chatting back and forth, and you get used to, okay, the policeman says something, you pick something from the dialogue tree. The policeman says something. As you're doing that, you're you look ahead, and you see a zombie crossed in the road in front of you. And if you want, you can interrupt and scream out, "Hey, watch out!" or try to stop the car. Uh, which is kind of clever. I, I, it's little things like that where the game merges together. Um, you know, your dialogue can be interrupted. Your dialogue can interrupt action that's going on. Uh, your action determines a lot of the dialogue later later on. But uh, the question is, and this was mentioned in your review, would it really be any different if you alert the cop that there's a zombie there or if you that- let him crash? That's the downside. A lot of the novelty falls off on the second playthrough, and when you realize, yeah, you can't you can't get out of the car crash. Essentially, uh, part of the game, of course, hinges around uh, choices being given to you about which character to save. You know, the zombies break through, and you only have the time to save one character. Which one do you do? It. Here's the thing: the episode does this twice to you. Uh, and you think, okay, you know, uh, this time around in this episode, I saved person A, and then the next choice, I, I saved person B. Uh, it'd be pretty interesting to see what would happen if I saved the other people, how the story would change. Well, it turns out that one of those choices is essentially fake. You hmm. can't save the other person. They both die anyway. And then, <laughs> no, you you try to save, you can choose the other person and you try to save them, but your original choice escapes anyway, and all uh, your yeah. efforts fail. And, and again, this sounds bad, but uh, the other choice really does, yeah, the other choice really does work. The rest of the episode depends on who you choose to save. People's reaction to you depend on who you choose to save and why. And there are little things like um, one of the choices, is you are, you know, you're picking between a girl and a guy, and the girl Obviously. knows, well, <laughs> maybe, well, here's the thing. The girl is the only person in the group who knows that you are a murderer or that you're a criminal. <laughs> and so for a split second, you have to kind of decide, well, you know, on the one side, she's a girl. But on the other side, maybe it'd be good to get rid of this information, you know? It's, it's okay. It keeps you entertained. It throws clever little, clever little dramatic twists at you like that. So, and the second review that I did, actually, over the past two weeks was uh, Sniper Elite V2. And I'm probably one of the few people that actually played the original V1, or what you might call it. Uh, so I was in a good position to review this game. And uh, it turned out to be okay. Not much there, really. If, if you really want to snipe people in the face, and you want some admittedly nice and disturbingly satisfying uh, x-ray effects as the bullets rip through your enemies, then uh, by all means, check out Sniper Elite V2. But otherwise, it's pretty unremarkable in all other aspects. And that's not to say that it's a bad value, because there's definitely a decent length of the campaign and a lot of multiplayer options, but 
you know, it's still just kind of average. In terms it is, of and and the, the multiplayer is just people camping. It's <laughs> <laughs> not people. And the multiplayer, uh, it can be yes, but I, I I see where you're coming from, but I haven't been in any games where it was like everybody's just sitting in the corner because you really have to get out there, and that's kind of part of the thrill is to run around and find each other first of all. Yeah. Because, you know, who in their right mind... Because camping only works when there's other people that aren't snipers running around. Mm. But when everybody's a sniper, you really have to get out there and actually find other people, you know? So it's, yeah, no, I don't think there's no camping problem. In the gameplays, there's some way that they have for controlling your breathing. Yeah, there's a standard hold your breath shenanigans. (laughs) What? That's what you usually do. Oh, that's your sound effect? (laughs) yeah that does happen yeah and there's you know there's like I said the sniping is good because you have all of that and then you have the bullet drop mechanics and on harder difficulties you even have the wind mechanics and all that stuff so will it teach me all the skills I need to go out and assassinate someone that, that's what I'm interested in yeah if you were in World War 2 maybe <laughs> If there's any game that the you know parents against video games should be worried about or whatever, come to think of it, I guess it would be a sniping game. Because <laughs> yeah. that's realistic mechanics, maybe. Yeah. Well, realistic mechanics slash, uh, you know, if someone was going to be a troublemaker, that's probably what they, <laughs> you know, the weapon that they would use. Yeah, uh, I don't know how realistic it is. I mean, how many people are going to you know steal a rocket launcher and then try to use that to? jump on top of a building, you know, or... Hey, dude, Team Fortress taught me that. I know, and, and, I, and I know the first thing I'm going to do if I get a real rocket launcher <laughs> is try it out. <laughs> hey, jump man. Jump up in the air and shoot at the ground. Shoot at the ground. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, natural selection is all good. It's all good. Wait, did you get, like, different sniper rifles and stuff, or are you just stuck with one? No, it's... You go through the story, and then it's, like, the... It's all story-based, so... You, you come across a bunch of different sniper rifles as you go through the game. So it's not like... There is no RPG elements or anything like that. Um, you can only pick up your um, machine guns off enemies, but your sniper rifle and your pistol always stay the same. All oh, right, so so it's not just sniping. It's You can get a machine gun and a pistol. Yeah, you can for close combat, but it's really not advisable because it takes quite a lot to kill enemies, and the aim on those things is just awful. You get a crosshair, it's like quarter size of your screen. Right. Um, yeah, it's just not advisable. And did you kill Hitler in it? It's if you have the pre-order DLC, yeah. Well, wait, yeah, I have mm. to pre- I have to get DLC to kill Hitler. That's right. It's not part of the story. Well, are they bringing out like Stalin as well as DLC? And I can. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so, because that wouldn't make much sense, would it? Which it plays the Germans for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I should <laughs> so. say, too, you, you play as an American in this game, so you're okay killing both Germans and Russians. Some notable stories that we've come across this uh, couple weeks. Study finds that games promote cooperation instead of aggression. And this is uh, something out of Germany, I think it was, or someplace I international. Think was, was it Sweden? I or think? Sweden. Yeah, those guys know what's Close up. Close enough. Those guys know what's up. Yeah. So, yeah, basically they found, um, and obviously it's not the first time, um, 
but they found that games promote cooperation instead of, you know, attempting to shoot everybody you meet in the face, which is nice to hear. But uh, obviously stuff like this doesn't really make it on TV because that's not very exciting. And we we talked about uh, this last uh, podcast a little bit, that only the bad stuff makes it on TV. So uh, even though studies like this that, you know, show that there is no real link or that the links are not negative when it comes to video games in real life, that uh, unfortunately studies like this uh, don't get very much traction. It's it, it's an interesting study anyway. But, um, you know, from personal experience, you know, um, there is there is anger in games, but it's cathartic more than anything, I think, especially online. It depends what kind of environment you're in. If you are playing, like, a first-person shooter, then you generally get angry sometimes, but then sometimes you're cooperating with the people in your team. I think it depends very strongly on the game as well. Some games we know are... Some games are, I want to say, team-based without cooperation, if that makes sense. You know, like, Valve is great about cooperation. You know, Team Fortress 2, that's cooperation. Uh, Left 4 Dead, that's cooperation. But... Um, oh, give me an example here. Battlefield, Battlefield is not cooperation. Yeah, that's I fine. would say. Yeah, you're uh, a lot angrier people, though. <laughs> Alex, you'll know this, but Battlefield makes me very aggressive. It makes me very angry. Okay, well, I'm not saying you can't do either or both <laughs> at the same time, but it does promote, you know, with all the mechanics that are in there for playing in a squad and and you know earning you extra points for doing things in squad. I think it's just basic stuff like that that developers promote cooperation as well. And I think this is something relatively new in games too. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this carries out. You know, will cooperation... cooperation. Yeah, I'm serious. I mean, we had, you know, two-player versions of games, you know, back in the 90s. Well, what about LAN parties, though? LAN parties were all about cooperation, especially... No, well... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, what he's saying is, though, Back in the day, it was all split screen, and it always was versus, right? Whereas these days, you can have uh, split screen or online co-op instead of uh, well, Sonic Two, man. It, Sonic it, Tales. It was, versus? No, 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 no. It was versus, or it was just, oh, there are two of you on screen. You know, right. like you're still both fighting the bad guys, but it's not like one of you is a healer and one of you is a tank. Yeah. You know, it's not uh, cooperation in the sense of, oh gosh, we have, I've got to watch out for you, or else I'm going to go down. But now there's so much of that going on. I wonder if you know this will be what games are in, you know, in uh, in ten years. There was that infamous statement from Valve where they said we're leaning away from the single player experience at all. Yeah, and I think I think there will always be single player, but a lot of games you see this now. And a lot of games now, there's um, uh, it, it seems like there's just as many games today that are focused on multiplayer and even on co-op multiplayer as there are games that are focused on single player. And that wasn't how it was ten years ago. Ten years ago, multiplayer was always the fun little add-on. You know, you play through the single player, and hey, what do you know? There's you know, you can do something with two people on screen. That's kind of cute. People had shitty internet back then, so I think high-speed internet has really changed the face of that. Call of Duty Black Ops 2 is real, man. Prepare to be and, amazed in November. And it has horses. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I 
I saw it in the trailer. I didn't look at any of the analysis videos or whatever, but I think it's just going to be a on rails thing. I don't think it's too bad. Yeah, well, exactly. it, it, it could be like Uncharted, where you were on the horse and could shoot. Yeah, exactly. It's just like I don't think you'll be controlling the horse, or it's going to be very simplistic. But or kind of like the vehicle segments in previous Call of Duty games, where it's like very basic control of the yeah. vehicle. Yeah. Can can you unlock like a camel as well as like a an advanced horse? <laughs> That's going to be or, DLC, dude. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Camel with a mounted gun turret on one of its pumps. <laughs> but the real question is, can you use the horses in multiplayer? That uh, do you think they would be that creative? No, absolutely not. Well, uh, Tri- Triarch did have tanks in World at War, but I, I wouldn't expect horses multiplayer. That's too bad, because that's the kind of thing where I could see the main appeal of multiplayer coming from. What should we play? Oh, let's play Black Ops 2. You can kill their horses in multiplayer. <laughs> A horse massacre. Yeah, Mountain exactly. guns. <laughs> there we go. See, that, that would be interesting, but but saying that, you could get a lot of backlash, especially from killing a horse, especially from those the, from from an activist group as well. So it could be quite risky. Unless, yeah, because after, after killing a bunch of people in an airport, Call of Duty really cares about activists about horses. <laughs> yeah, but those are people, man. Imagine if you killed kids in it. You'd, uh, <laughs> you'd be outraged. This is potentially true, but yeah. I think but it'd be no, they're military horses. If they were civilian horses, I can understand. But... Well, what about in Red Dead? Can't you have multiplayer with horses in that? And there wasn't anything. Red Dead, can't you like skin the horses and eat them? Not yeah, the yeah. horses. I don't think. Yeah, you can, because you get oh. uh, horse hides horse or whatever. Head. And delicious glue. Multiplayer, though, I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, you can, I think. Yeah, you can. But uh, it's not like, you know, you, you get one horse... To choose from, even to start off with, and then once it's dead, you don't really you have to go back somewhere to get another one. So it's not like an ongoing thing. Um, yeah, for all for all of that though, I don't think they're gonna. I, I think the horses in Black Ops Two, and I'm sorry to be so excited about them, but I think it's simply one of those issues of oh, our tanks are all computerized and we can't use them anymore. So. Oh yeah, dude, that's interesting. You're right. No, oh yeah, that's that's definitely what they're going for. I think. Wait, wait, wait. So what's what's the general gist in this one? The ger- general gist is that uh, warfare. Terminator, Terminator's coming. Yeah, someone has, some bad person has gotten controls to all of our remote control army. So Die Hard Four, in a way. So I. Die Hard Four. What? Well, basically they hack, don't they? All like war games. Oh yeah, the new one. I know you're talking about. Yes, yeah, that's right. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. And so, you know, I can't guarantee this, but I'm betting that's where they're going with the horses. That's why. Yes. You know, the the idea is, oh, none of our machines work. Now we have to learn how to fight the good old American (coughs) slash Canadian way. With Kalashnikov. Oh, no, there's no Canadian in there. Don't worry. It's all about the USA. I want to see uh, I want to see a Mountie riding by on one of those. Oh, God. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Lovely hats and a red coat. Yeah. You see, we were right all along. It would be the place to go in post-apocalyptic times. In Canada, it would be a decent setting, though. You got these hills and stuff and forests. No, I'm trying to think. There was some. Uh, I was just reading a great post-apocalyptic book called Wolf and Iron, where it plays that plays a big role. Because for some reason, the Canadians are are ready to for the post-apocalyptic world. We ain't ready for shit. <laughs> 
But it, it does give the sense of more, because there's more people out by themselves who, who have farms and stuff, especially out in rural places. So you so much wheat, man. You can see it, I know. Just go oh, out, just nice. take an eve of corn, and you saw it. <laughs> okay. Elder Scrolls Online is also a thing. You get to play as, uh, I don't know, whoever in the world of Skyrim and Morrowind, apparently. Is it whatever the big continent's called? I can't remember. I don't. I, I, I don't know if it's going to be the whole continent. I think last I heard, it's just going to be Morwood and Skyrim together type of thing. So, I mean, what about what about the actual content of the game then? Well, there's not much info. Like I said, I think, as I understand it, it's not going to include like all of the world. It's only going to include Skyrim and Morrowind, which are side by side in the world. Uh, but uh, mechanics wise. Uh, no idea. Of, people did. People felt it kind of. Uh, it was scrambling at Warcraft. It was scrambling at Guild Wars Two to try. Nobody, and... Well, nobody knows yet. There's no details at all. But that, that, I think that's what people hard. have inferred from screenshots and things. Well, there hasn't been any screenshots. And that trailer, which was people just... people are just speculating. I think. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's no details, but we'll get details at E3. All right. Then. Oh yeah. I wait. I'm 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 skeptical. I'll say that much. And uh, we should have Tim just burst in there with the next item. Oh my god, it's Company of Heroes 2. Yes! I'm a massive Relic fanboy, so I got very excited when I heard this. And it's going to be in the Eastern Front, I believe. Still in World War 2. And I heard there's going to be an emphasis on snow, where like snow will slow down your troops or uh, slow down your tanks or whatever. And I'm rather excited about it. It's also acting as cover, like if you go prone or whatever. Yeah, yeah. What is it? What is Company of Heroes? Seriously? Get out. <laughs> Just get out. I, I, I don't play them. What is it? Is it RTS? It's, or is yeah, it it's a strategy game that's it's really unique in terms of its mechanics. In what way? What's so, what? what's so unique about it? I've never played it either. Oh, dude, you have to... Jesus Christ. <laughs> Both uh, of you get out. Get out now. It's on sale this weekend in Steam for like three dollars. Go pick go. it up. There you go. It's it's really hard to explain. Like, yeah, you give have... an example of a creative mechanic. Cover uh, system. You see, it's just everything from unit combat to how the units are managed and produced to how resources work to how um, some of the like I said combat works. It's just there's really nothing else like it. Yeah, like, they, uh, they use a cover system in Company of Heroes 2, and I heard with the uh, early StarCraft 2 development, Blizzard was trying to trying to copy Relic and put in a cover system, but they couldn't get it to work, so they scrapped it. Uh, am I understanding this right? In Company of Heroes 2, you will be playing as the Russians? Probably. For, for the campaign, yeah, but multiplayer can play either side. Well, in, in the expansion opposing fronts, you can play as the Germans, I think, for one of the campaigns. Yeah, that's right. Although I have to say, um, the the especially the very final, I don't know what it was. I think it was opposing front, so maybe the one after it. I think it was very disappointing because just like zero new content. And the no, camp- that was Tales of Valor. I heard was yeah, 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 yeah. And there was like no content, and the campaign was like friggin' five missions long, and it's just. I think it was mostly a multiplayer update. I heard. I never actually played it though. Yeah, um, I played. I don't. I didn't see too much change. Now, see, I'm gonna have to go reinstall it now. You guys need to play it if you have any interest in strategy games. It's it's awesome. Well, even if you don't have any I, interest in strategy games, you should it play might it. change your mind. 
the sale looks fantastic, so I guess I'll go ahead and pick it up. No, like, even if you don't like strategy games, that's why you should play it. Because it's not, it's not like Command and Conquer, it's not like Age of Empires, it's its own unique thing. I can't figure out from looking at it, like, sometimes it looks... Well, yeah, I, it doesn't look uh, yeah. different, but the mechanics of it. I'll take your word for it. You should. But if I'm not thoroughly entertained by this game... <laughs> then I'll say you're wrong until you think it done. out. <laughs> Recently released numbers from Star Wars, The Old Republic, show that they are starting to lose subscribers after peaking at uh, just over a million, I think. And so EA is saying, no, no, we're fine, we're releasing more updates and patches and DLC, but is this the end for the much-hyped and uh, very expensive MMO for Bioware and EA? I feel bad because I only... I did not play much of it, but I kind of like this. I, just because the little bit that I did play of Star Wars The Old Republic, I was disappointed in. Folk, so, I don't mind seeing them go down the drain a little. Folks are saying that it's a it's a good RPG, but it's not a very good MMO. Yeah. Well, they, they do come from a, an RPG background, don't they? They, they? they should have just stuck with making a new that's the old republic. Yeah, well, this was probably um, LucasArts slash EA decision to say, "Hey, money, wanna... money, money." Yeah, exactly. We want a MMO based on Star Wars, and you know. The problem is they rushed the second one, and it wasn't um, as good. I would have, I would have liked to whoa, see. Whoa, 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 hold on. What's... It was a different developer, wasn't it, for the second uh, Old Republic, the next of the Old Republic? Okay, just to be clear, though, we're talking about the MMO, right? Not, yeah, but, but, it mean, has like, zero relations to the RPG games. Yeah, but the, the kind of franchise has a bit of a, a rushed and maybe underwhelming history. The, the original wasn't. The sequel, maybe, yeah. The, the sequel, yeah. But you know what I mean? It's been a... a, a, a probably because I still would have liked to see an RPG of it. It had a lot of... Uh, it, it, was, it was good, you know, but it's just a shame. I didn't, I didn't think it was... It was an interesting environment. But I never imagined it had the MMO potential. Well, not potential, but it just didn't seem like a right fit. Yeah, and I mean, there's a bunch of factors to that too. Because you know, the question is, can MMOs survive these days without being free to play? I think that's a very important question right now. Even I mean, you know, pretty much everything is free to play now. That was once paid for, from. Age of Conan to Ion to, you know, whatever. So people are saying, well, how long before Star Wars goes for to play? And I don't know if EA would ever go for that, but they might actually, because... Because the microtransaction thing. Exactly. Their, their most recent financials, which is something we'll discuss in the next topic. And the Assassin's Creed 3 first gameplay trailer, where you run on trees that are strategically positioned to provide <laughs> the best free-running... Well, they, they Thanks, would have Mother to. Thanks, Nature. They would have to, really, to make it work, I think. Well, yeah, the suspension of disbelief and all that jazz. Yeah. Uh, I don't know thoughts of it being in uh, the American Revolution. I think the series needs to be uh, changed up significantly for people to remain interested. So I think it's a smart move that they're completely changing the time period. I, I still think it's... Uh... I don't know, do you think the series has run its course? I think this will be a big deciding factor in that. Because they're yeah. saying that this was in development for 
a number of years, and you know, while this was coming down the pipe, we've had Revelations and Brotherhood, which was kind of like filler games, and yeah. each of them asking, you know, sixty bucks a pop with not much change the formula, as Tim was saying. So hopefully, this is you know brings the series back to uh, something that's really really notable and uh, worth checking out. I, th- I think it'd be interesting to see what lore they've got into it and what uh, what they make use of the figures at the time. Even though Benjamin Franklin and all that, it kind of they've had that done in the past, haven't they, with National Treasure and uh, Freemasons and all that stuff. So it's uh, it's a period that's kind of steeped in legend and things like that. So the materials there for them. It just depends uh, how they work it onto a battlefield and uh, into the the. I think the villages and towns and stuff, so... Yeah, I don't have too much concern about the period itself. I'm extremely concerned about the modern-day plotline for Desmond. <laughs> is, he, is he still going? Is he oh, going? my goodness. It's just... It's gotten beyond ridiculous of Alan Wake, even. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I, I remember the second one, and I was just like, by the end of it, thinking... It's, what, it's gotten absolutely ridiculous... I'm not going to spoil how Revelation ends for Desmond, but let's just say, like I said, it's it's like Alan Wake bad. It's just a bunch of, you know, they try to explain something, and then it's just a bunch of flashing images, you yeah. know, how they think is creative or whatever. It's like, psh, 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 flashing images, oh no, oh no, oh, the end. <laughs> okay. Like, um, you know, I, I have to say, it's just, it's gotten terrible. I, I, I think the original, the ending of that franchise will be underwhelming. It, it, they just like need to make Desmond die. Or put yeah. him in, like, I don't know. I See, at first, I thought it was an interesting hook, because way back for original Assassin's Creed, I didn't know it was going to be this setup where you're actually in present time, but you're reliving your memories or whatever. I thought it was straight on, you know, action in Historic Times game. And honestly, up until now, I think it would have been fine if they just went with that. Like, if they just went with, here's the story of Altier. There's nothing modern day about this. There's just, you know, a game set in whatever times. Old times. Yeah, and that would have I would have liked that better. Exactly. That would have been the best, I think, for the franchise. So, but, you know, we'll see where they go with the third one. Hopefully it's good. Aliens did it, obviously. The Obviously. Yeah. Uh, EA Financials for the last quarter reveals some interesting details. Um, so they're obviously doing well, making money left and right, all good. Um, their microtransaction and free-to-play business is apparently making them a ton of cash, which um, you know I can't say that I have followed, but I know they have a bunch of games on Facebook and whatnot. Uh and they have Battlefield Heroes and, and Battlefield for Play for Free and whatnot. But So apparently that's just making them buckles of money, which is interesting. And that actually goes back to the Star Wars going free-to-play discussion. I guess they'll be okay if they ever go free-to-play with that, because apparently they have a ton of profit potential in that. What, what would microtransactions cover? Everything. I mean, you can buy... You know, and this is just using Battlefield Play for Free as an example. You know, you buy your extra character slots, extra classes, extra weapons, weapon upgrades, all that good stuff. 
Extra pets. <laughs> Team Fortress 2. Yeah, well, except Team Fortress 2 hats are, you know, just... In a league of their own. Well, yeah, and I was going to say, they don't have impact on gameplay, whereas um, there's been a lot of... And this is going off topic, but there's been a lot of concern and people are upset, in particular with Battlefield Play for Free, because basically EA decided to lock away a whole bunch of stuff behind real money only, so you can't even uh, earn it. Earn it in the game, so now if you want to not die every five seconds, you actually have to spend real money, basically. No, I, I do despise that. I think essentially giving, yeah, giving an advantage to people who are willing to spend money. Uh, I'd, I'd rather just charge money for the game. But then you don't get as much exposure because you're like, ooh, it's free, let's get it. Well, but I guess people well, need to think with the well, you know, speak with their wallets more if they really want companies to change, because that's what matters in the, at the end of the day, so... Yeah, somebody's paying them a ton of cash, so... Exactly. I've, I'm just saying they aren't going to get any of my money. <laughs> you hear that, EA? Well, if EA has seen the benefit of microtransactions with these uh, other free-to-play titles, I'm sure they'll be more likely to let uh, the older public MMO go free-to-play in the future. And I think, actually, the most interesting thing out of that report was... EA already proclaiming they're spending uh, eighty some billion on next generation. Million. Million, whichever. Still a lot of money. <laughs> still, <laughs> it's, a gap. it's still a lot of money, and uh, it confirms that next gen is coming so very very soon. And is that exciting for anybody? I'm excited. Yeah, but it, I think it's it's still a bit tentative at the moment when this when we're gonna reach this line in the sand. I think it's yeah. going to be fall of next year. Well, yeah, but we need like a, a console announcement or you know some something concrete. It's still a bit ethereal at the moment. This uh, this line we have to cross. But I, I think it'd be interesting. I st- for, like I said, I, I still feel like consoles are fresh it, uh, com- uh, compared to like uh, the PS2 and stuff. Uh, Sony announcing Starhawk multiplayer DLC maps will be free. It's like, whoa, man. Whoa. I love that this has become newsworthy now. Like, yeah. hey, those multiplayer maps, we're going to get them to you for free. Whoa, yeah. What whoa. a shocker. That, that's the kind of thing, the society we live in now, gaming-wise. Yeah. We appreciate scraps. Well, to be fair, you know, it is the world we live in, so I think it is newsworthy now that uh, <laughs> you, you're not going to split up your multiplayer audiences and all that good stuff. So, and you can still have microtransaction with with hats and whatever else. So, I think it's good. What is Starhawk? Any good? Uh, yeah, I'm playing it now. Review next week. What a shooter is it? It's a third person shooter. Yeah, it's in the series of uh, same kind of as Warhawk. It's PS3 exclusive third-person shooter with a multiplayer focus. Right, right, right. Assassin's Creed 3 is said to be using um, social promotion on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot that actually promotes people to uh, spam their friends or let their friends know, I guess we should say politically correctly, uh, to spread the word about Assassin's Creed 3 and then that would unlock new stuff, like a new trailer and whatnot. And to be fair, it's not the first time that 
this has taken place. It's a lot of games have done this. But, I know recently with the uh, the Dark Souls for PC announcement, they yeah. had the same setup where yeah. you had to like their page enough for them to reveal something. Yeah, exactly right. I, I, it, it reminds me of it's like an at the scene out of Oliver, uh, where he comes up, but you know, and asks for more, but instead. Oliver sat at his desk, like making a shoe or something, and then the guy comes over and starts poking him with a stick, you know, and telling him to tell his friends and stuff. I was just rolling. Charles Dickens is rolling over in his grave. What <laughs> <so much> now? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, explain the connection again. I just want to hear this. was <laughs> not. It was the most tenuous analogy I think I've ever made. I don't understand it at all. <laughs> Neither do I. Oh, no. You know what this reminds me of? I forget the name of the rap group, but there was some rap group that announced to their fans that they were going to go on a hunger strike until their record sold platinum. Oh, gosh. Uh, which, of course, it, it didn't. <laughs> Did they all die of starvation? Oh, no, they gave, of course they gave up after, you know, day four or whatever. But, no, it's, yeah, it's forcing other people, it's a... It's forcing other people to do your work for you. Yeah, because there there is that um, there is a line you can cross between like I don't know. It, it kind of seems like they're forcing it on people, and and not letting it kind of happen naturally. You know. Yeah, but yeah. again, I mean, it, it, it's been done before so many times. Um, even like, even Guild Wars Two is doing it right now. Guild Wars Two is saying, hey. Once we get so many likes, we'll start posting up new images and screenshots and artwork yeah. and all that stuff. I, but the thing is, I don't know when this kind of thing happened in social media. It ticked over that liking. It was it, it was it, a while ago, actually. Is is equivalent to I do, I don't know, and it, I can understand how Facebook is is a massively you know a giant environment socially, but. And I never thought it mattered to gamers that much, like Twitter or Facebook. No, but everybody uses it. It's assumed. Yeah, but it, even but if it's... even if they're not gamers, see, that's kind of the the point of it. When 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 some gamers that care enough about, let's say, Assassin's Creed Three, and they go on a like page, that feed shows up to all of yeah. their non-gaming friends. I, I, and I understand, and that's I the just... best kind of promotion there is. It just annoys me. It seems lazy. <laughs> Yeah, but it's you can't argue that it's a legit and oh no no it certainly is white it's effective and yeah. it's cheap so why not do it? Well, it's yeah. free technically. It's free to publisher. Yeah, that's uh, I think it still rubs me the wrong way, but you know you'll never be able to do anything about it. Yeah, and, you know it's not that crucial. I mean, we still have our trailers that are released regularly, and mm. who knows if this thing once it's unlocked is actually going to be any good, or it's going to show you anything new really. So. Yeah, yeah that's, but that, that's the thing you want. Bang for this click liking. Yep. Yep. The apocalypse is coming next week with the release of Diablo three, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm we're, we're we're picking it up. The servers don't go live until the game goes live, so our review is not going to be coming in advance or anything like that. But so there's going to be no day one reviews for this game, but I think there's enough of a fan base that it doesn't need them. StarCraft 2 had no day one reviews. Is that I right? Think, yeah, all the gaming websites got it at the same time. Okay, that might be the case again then this year for sure. 
Awesome. Or for, for this game, I should say, not for this year. So I said last week I hardly played it. It then never really resonated with me. I, pl- I played it just a little... Uh, I, I don't know. It, it wasn't quite my style of gaming. Of, of gaming. You know, just hack and slash to me gets boring really quickly. But who knows? I could be pleasantly surprised with, with uh, Diablo 3. Yeah. I, I, I might give it a whirl if I've got the cash line about. But it is, it is not a priority. I'm more excited for the next StarCraft expansion. Yeah, you'll see me uh, jumping up and down for that. <laughs> well, we'll hear you. Yeah. And now, for the question of the episode... That's sexy. Tell me about it. Since it is Mother's Day, and I hope everyone that's listening to this remember, remember to do something nice for your mothers. And that would have been yesterday by the time you listened to this, because it's Monday. Well, I know, so anyone listening to this who didn't do something nice for your mothers, do something... Man. Especially nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, the moral of the story is, we just passed on Mother's Day, and so I thought it would be a fitting question to ask everyone for their favorite video gaming mother, or if they can think of any video gaming mother. Mother-like character. Mother-like character will count. We might have a couple stretches here. Why don't we go ahead and start with ten? Uh, the only one I could think of was Alma in Fear 2, who gets knocked up. This is spoilers, by the way, but she gets knocked up by the protagonist at the end of the first game, and then she's preggers in the third game. That's all I have. Pretty weak, I know. No, I think there's going to definitely be something about her offspring with the rest of the franchise, so... We'll see how that pans out. Yeah. It counts, definitely. Um, Peter, how about you? Uh, I, I riffed on a few, I think. I'll just I'll read, read them out quickly. Yeah, you were, you were saying how many you have. You're bragging about it, so let's hear them. Yeah, yeah. Let's measure this. Whip it out. Um, okay, I said, uh, first of all, I said, well, from Tekken, there's quite a few mothers in there. You've got Jun, mother of Jin. Um, and you've also got... Um, first, um, the, the Navajo one. The Indian woman, Julia Chang, has also got a kid. Uh, um, and then in Pokemon, in each one of them, you've got the mother character who um, sets you on your way and gives you, you know, trainers and money and stuff and gives you a ring that's, every so often. I have to say that's kind of weak, dude. The Pokemon one, really? I mean, come on, you're just pulling it out of a hat now. A collection of straws. Well, I've got more. I've got Genova. <laughs> okay. Genova from Final Fantasy VII. He's making up for it with uh, quantity. Yeah, quality yeah. And um, finally, I said, uh, you know, the concept of mother from the mother games, Earthbound and stuff, because basically at the end, you wrestle with some giant, like you're in a womb, so, and kind of like that. So what's more, um, that's what, what's more Mother's Day than a giant womb? Oh, I'm sorry, Don't... what? What series is that? Mother. It was an RPG on the NES. Oh god. Okay. Known as Earthbound as well, I think in America. It's got it's it's quite got quite a large following. It's quite a cult game. Which but, um, Peter, hearing you describe that made me made me realize that I really need to change mine. Alex, you can take the one that we discussed. <laughs> no. No, I already have one. Well, okay, I'll I'll, I'll have two now, but Okay. Okay. As Pete, my nice, turn. You done nice, Peter? Uh, very impressive list, Peter. Thank you. Go ahead, Alex. Very I can, tell, I can tell Peter pays close attention to these. To Whenever mothers. these figures show up in a game, oh, something God. hits his heart. <laughs> okay. My 
other thing that I came up with is the relationship between the main character in The Longest Journey and the little girl that's kind of been, you know, as a ghost and has been tortured and all that stuff. And <laughs> the relations, the, um, the final scenes that they have especially are very mother-like in that. That's my choice. Uh, I suddenly realized this one must have been on the tip of my brain the whole time. If, pardon the expression. Uh, of course, The Binding of Isaac, if anyone's played it. No, uh, I played a brief... Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The, the Crazy Binding Christian Mother in the intro? Yeah, the, the cra- well, the Crazy Christian Mother who you're fighting for the whole game, actually, and who is the final boss of the game. The entire story of The Binding of Isaac, of Isaac ends up with you fighting mother uh and in fact fighting through her womb <laughs> so all right we're going to earthbound territory now exactly right you should give it a shot you'd like it but if there's one game that has a mother figure and a fun mother figure and a, a tough one to beat it's binding of isaac mm. so i'm glad that on this mother's day as we think of our mothers we are our heads are filled with dreams Demons, computers, and we're murders. constantly battling yeah. our way outside the womb again. It's exactly, a, yeah. It's cathartic. Awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so in, until next time. Until next time, games fans. Keep playing, and and remember to recharge that controller because you don't want it going out during the middle of a tough scene. <laughs> there we go. So you need to keep your mind and body ready. Your body is ready. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, so after another new game netcast, we're signing off. It's been <laughs> me. Are we still trying endings? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just include all of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's goodbye from me. And me. And me. And, uh... <laughs> Alex is going to stay here and talk and to I. me. <laughs> and die. And my axe. <laughs> Okay, that's it. Over it. Done. Alright. And that's about it. Thanks for tuning in to New Game Netcast, Episode 4, for Sunday, May 13th, 2012. And as always, please remember to visit www.newgamenetwork.com for the latest and greatest video game news and reviews.